poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Philosophical Friday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and Duncan Palamortis. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. Today is Friday, which is a very philosophical day. Um, and I welcome back my co-host, Duncan. Duncan, how you doing, sir? Good, very well, sir. How, how's everything with you? How's life? Life is good. Life is good. We were just uh, talking about last week's episode and how the revenge came swift for... <laughs> Garrett, um, regarding Dylan and, uh, yeah, that was a pretty cool thing to see kind of immediate. Um, sometimes these things don't take very long to go down and it only took about a week for, you know, Garrett to get his revenge. So, yeah. So do you have any thoughts on that? Like maybe we can throw some thoughts out there. Um, my only thought really is that I thought Garrett played the hand exceptionally well. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think you could probably infer that Garrett did do some homework as it related to Dylan mm-hmm. or did use the, uh, you know, the situation to his advantage. I mean, he raised Garrett with top pair, uh, mm-hmm. 10 kicker, uh, nine ten on a nine high flop. Mm-hmm. And Dylan floated out of position with like just a backdoor nut flush draw, which, That's right. you know, for, one reason or another, Dylan felt that he needed to defend uh, facing the flop raise there super wide. So whether Dylan thought Garrett was raising him super light or whatever meta consideration that that he put into it, um, yeah, I just thought Garrett played the hand exceptionally, exceptionally well, and he got a very nice turn. Um, without that turn card, I think Garrett probably checks back and bluffs catches the river versus Dylan. But because of you know him turning top two pair, he got and Dylan turned uh, flush draw. Um, basically, he got an opportunity to sack Dylan, which yeah, so good for Garrett, and I think it was a well played hand. And and I, and I should also say that I think that uh, Dylan played right into. Um, Garrett's strategy because uh, Garrett, the reason why Garrett raised on the flop, um, it was thinly for value. And then by calling, which is typically, you know, I would say, um, I'm, I'm, this may sound a little bit controversial, but to me, I think if Dylan is folding there hundred percent of the time, he's perfectly fine. If you like, there is no reason uh, in my book, like to make, I know some people will say, well, for balancing reasons, you know, you can be exploited and things like that. I don't think there is much exploitation here to fold just like a backdoor flush draw if he wants to really play. And I'm talking about the uh, the flop. If he really wants to stick around, I mean, he can put a check raise there for whatever I, reason. I mean, yeah. Garrett anyway. raised big. It wasn't uh, a small... Uh, Garrett raised absolutely. really big. Like, backdoor flush draw should be right in the muck. I absolutely. Mean. Yeah, there is no... Like, you know, the ifs and buts, I know some people will start saying, well, maybe... Some, no, this is like 100% fold. There's absolutely no reason. And the, the, I think that was the reason why... Uh, you know the, uh, the 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 strategy from Garrett was was so beautiful because he was going for for thin value. Yeah, and he um, knew that he was going to get right. called light, and pro- likely knew that Dylan is betting the flop too often and going to defend too frequently. And I mean, right. yeah, it was it was a beautifully played hand. Um, and uh, 
on the back end of that, you know, we're going to segue into this week's show on Philosophical Friday, um, which is all about angle shooting, everybody's favorite poker philosophical topic. Um, and to start out this conversation, you know, you, you wanted to start out by defining, you know, what is angling? And, you know, would you like to give your thoughts on it? And I have a poker news definition of angle shooting that appears right on the internet when I type it in Google. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the first thing that I want to say is that, you know, what is angling? I would say nobody knows. I, that would be my honest answer. Like, no, I do not think that anybody has a definition we agree with. It's like, it's as vague as, you know, what is God? You know, like, uh, you know, it's, it's not very clear and it's not agreed upon every individual who having these discussions, what angling really is. I think what angling as a term is trying to represent is the idea of potentially bending the rules to a point where you're trying to get an unfair advantage where you are at the cusp of playing within and outside of the rules. I think that's what people are usually thinking in terms of angling. Of course, the question becomes, where do the rules end? And where, you know, does the bending or overbending of that rules start? That is, I think, the real question. So um, personally, I do not think there is a clear definition of angling, but we can go ahead and, and discuss the one that Poker News has, has decided to give and, and talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, and also just want to touch on like angle shooting because kind of how like, I mean, another example is like in sports gamesmanship, mm -hmm. um, which is defined as the art of winning games by using various ploys and tactics to gain a psychological advantage, mm -hmm. um, which I think is pretty applicable to Absolutely. what most people think of angle shooting. Um, but the pokernews.com definition is the act of using various underhanded unfair methods to take advantage of inexperienced opponents. Um, and what do you mean by unfair? That's the problem there, right? Well, so this and, is inexperienced. So can you do it against experienced opponents? Then, then it's okay. I guess a, a, that's a problem a, a, too, right? Another question too. Exactly. So this is, again, it is super vague. Uh, it, uh, like philosophers have run into problems for decades. Uh, for those of you who are interested in, you know, um, popular philosophy, you might be, have heard of Sorites paradox or sometimes called Theseus ship. And, and the idea is something like along the lines of the following. So imagine uh, that you have, let's say, what constitutes of a crowd, right? I mean, let's say that we have 100 people uh, in, in a concert. Is that a crowd? Okay, cool. So if we remove one person from the crowd, is that still a crowd? You know, like at what point a crowd stops being a crowd? You yes. get the idea. And then yeah. similarly- I had no, this question. I had this question um, the other day. I asked- what is an orgy? <laughs> like, you know, like two people, that's a couple. And then three is a threesome. Like, is it four or five or six? I don't know. Like at what an point question. does it, does it constitute, right? Qu quality content right here. Philosophical Fridays. That's, that's exactly right. Um, exactly. No, exa exactly correct. You know, but really the issue, I think the majority of the issues come from vagueness. That thing about fairness, is as nonsensical as me saying that I believe in Farucci Tucci. You know, what is Farucci Tucci? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, like you, you need to be very specific. And, 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 and to be fair, these things are not easy, right? Again, like, you know, sometimes people are telling me, you know, 
uh, Duncan, do you believe in God? I mean, I'm a, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think you know anybody agrees on what that question means. To me, to me, that's a question that's not well defined. I don't understand the question to give an answer. Honestly, I don't mean to to, to yeah. avoid the question. So similarly with angling, um, if we decide to define the rules clearly, you know, like to give clear uh, uh, definitions of the rules then perhaps we can make a decision on what is fair or unfair. Now, the problem is this is not always easy and we have to work and look at what the, what the rules are. And usually what happens, and this is a very long-wielded uh, answer and I apologize for that, but what usually happens and WSOP is a living testament to that because the rules are not clear and can never be 100% clear, more rules come into place and then more rules come into place to replace those. And then before we know it, we have like a, I don't know if you've read the rules at WSOP, right? I, I mean, have it's not. Just, it, we, <laughs> I don't think anybody has. <laughs> it's like pages upon pages of, because again, we cannot clearly define our rules, right? It's right. just so complicated. Yeah. Um, and I agree. And that's sort of where, that's the rub, right? Is it because we can't clearly define everything? We don't know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And a lot of times what is ethical or unethical or moral is based on our own set of values that we then project onto the world and assume that because this is my set of values that everybody should fall under the same set. And you can see the problem when everybody's projecting their own set of values onto a specific thing, there's a lot right. of room for confusion um, because right. everybody's value system is different. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely correct. Exactly. People are interpreting the same thing in two different ways, and they can reach to two different conclusions. And this is actually, I think that's okay, as long as we understand where we're coming from. And I actually have an example, which I think it might be relevant to this. Um, I often tell my students, and not everybody will agree with me. Um, I don't know what your opinion is about lying, but I think lying is very hurtful to the person itself who actually does the lying. I do, th and again, this is just, again, talking about personal values, that's how I view, I view lying as, in order to lie to somebody, you usually first have to lie to yourself. So it can be very damaging and, and have possible negative consequences. I know some people who disagree, some people think that white lies are okay. There's huge philosophical discussions as like, a, I, I believe Immanuel Kant was the, the one who was saying that, you know, any sort of lying, you know, should be, uh, should be avoided. Yes, Again, philosopher. The, the serial serial killer question. If the you serial wanna, killer at your door. Yeah, right. serial serial killer at your door, and like you know, I'm gonna kill your kids. Where are your kids? And do you tell the serial killer the truth, or do you lie? Right. Exactly. So there there are different, you know, and we can. That's I think that's an excellent and very interesting <laughs> question to to go to. But I think our audience is gonna kill us again if we go for like three hours again. Yes. But uh, but uh, to the point, I always tell my students that. I view lying at the poker table as inherently okay. Like if anybody lies at the poker table about their hand, they can do it at any point uh, with like any, uh, uh, without any consequences, at least like if somebody lies to me, I wouldn't hold it against it. Uh, they actually give me way of information. I don't know how you think about that. Like lying well, at the poker table. I have the uh, uh, sort of an opposite question coming from mm -hmm. playing live poker. And that's something that sort of hits on, uh, there's a book called Influence by Robert Cialdini. And one of the major drivers of influence is the law. It's basically reciprocation, right? If I give you something, um, you're much more likely to give me something back. Even if what I gave you is very small and what I'm asking for is quite large, you're, you still feel compelled 
to reciprocate. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in the live poker setting, you know, I played a hand and a guy freely showed me his hand, right? right? And I did not ask to see it, but he showed it right. to me and then folded. Right. Um, and then started like probing me for information. And I started realizing that like, you know, this is sort of manipulative as well right. in that I didn't, I don't care what you have. And like, right. but now I feel this pull to share what I had with you because you want it. And I, I think it's something that was like, not, not probably not planned out. It's just kind of like an organic thing, but mm-hmm. because I'm aware of reciprocation, I did understand like why I was feeling compelled to share with this guy what I just three bet with, even though it's like detrimental to me and I didn't want to see his hand. I still felt compelled to say it. I didn't say it, but I mean, lots of people will, you know, they, they will just offer up that information. And so like, yeah, even something like that could be manipulative. Correct. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and you can also, if, if, if you wanted to, you, you, you can, you can lie and chances are he's probably going to, to, to believe you there. Right. I mean, right. If, he, if he wants to believe, yeah. It's, I don't want to lie. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, that, that's the thing is like, I, I don't want to, so I just like, don't say anything. That's good. I, th- I think that's, that's perfectly fine. And, and, and again, that is the difference between, again, some people feel uncomfortable with that because they feel, sure. uh, you know, that they're violating some sort of like social trust. Like for me, for example, I, 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 I draw a line when we're sitting at the poker table, we're not the same people that are, 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 are we are outside. Yeah, uh, which is an arbitrary distinction, right? <laughs> like uh, exactly, exactly, arbitrary, completely arbitrary distinction. Right. Fun fact, by the way, I had a I had a hand in in Vegas, uh, where I actually thought that telling the truth in the middle of a hand, I made I made trips on the river and I made a really really big big bet on the river and I was playing against the guy who was very cordial. He was sitting to my left. He was sitting there. I was like, Duncan, did that did that river hit you? And I was like, Yes, it did. It absolutely. Did. And he still called me <laughs> because. I- like sometimes, you know, you got to read the situation. So I'm not saying that lying well, is the way to go, but sometimes telling the truth can be more manipulative than actually uh, right, lying. Right, 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 right. Um, so back to the matter of angle shooting and what is angle shooting, right? So um, do you have any sort of tangible definition? I guess we said nobody does, so I'm assuming you don't because I sure don't know of any specific way to describe what, constitutes an angle shot to me other than it makes me feel gross when it happens which is like a very uh not a very scientific way of defining um when something is like out of bounds you know i I do have a heuristic actually because i think it is very important it's connected to what we were discussing last week and my heuristic is this always be uh, protected for the worst uh, meaning like, you know, try and then you can use the rules of the game however you feel, you, uh, you see fit, provided that you can uh, defend them in case, you know, the, uh, the floor comes. That would be my heuristic. So to give you an example of what that means, right? So I was in a situation again, I was, I was, playing, I was playing in Vegas and uh, uh, at some point I, I tried to make a, a river bluff this time and I grab a stack of chips, right? And I grab a stack of chips. Before I released that stack of chips on the table, my opponent who had, uh, who had uh, a monster hand, he, he's beaten bit, me into the pot, right? So I haven't released my hand. I haven't released the chips from my hand, which technically speaking, one can say this is forward motion. I haven't released the, the, the stack uh, from my hand. I'm not going to give him all of that money. I'm saying, listen, I haven't, I haven't released 
the, the, the money at the table, anytime the floor comes, I'm going to say, listen, I have a list. For all he knows, I could have put one chip on the table. I would have never done that. I would have never put one chip on the table. But, but you didn't necessarily his... have to put in the whole exactly. Like It is 100% his mistake. I don't care if he thinks that, you know, I was about to put that. Intention doesn't matter. There are clear rules in place. So if you can, again, I'm telling you how like I approach, I'm, I'm very cutthroaty, so to speak, when it comes yeah. to those things. At the same time, if an opponent goes at the table and, you know, decides to, you know, put uh, all of their, um, does something similar to me, I will wait until the action is complete. So to avoid being in those situations, my heuristic would be whatever you do, make sure you can actually defend your action based on specific rules at, to the, to the, 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 the floor. That's, that, that, that would be my, my heuristic because there is no clear cut situation. And, and, and while the other person is doing whatever they're doing, we can always wait until they're done with their actions. And then we can decide, you know, what we do. Like, mm -hmm. are you done? Have you called? Are you sure you said call? Did you say, if you're not sure you heard somebody saying, you know, call or raise, just ask, did you say call? Did you say whatever it is that you said? Just want to make sure, double check. Yeah. That's my, that's my heuristic. Um, How about yours? I don't, would you do? I don't have a heuristic. Uh, again, like I said, I'm a feel angler. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> feel angler. <laughs> like if I, if I feel like something is an angle, then yeah, I trust my intuition or whatever. I mean, I guess, again, we're all projecting our own set of principles onto the situation. You know, the, the, there are a few things that happened in recent memory as it relates to like cheating or angling. Um, you know, the, the one where the guy is like looking at the other guy's cards on hustler mm -hmm. seen alive. I think that was like a one where that to me is just like straight up cheating. I mean, I, I guess for, for the record, I, I disagree personally. You disagree. I hundred percent disagree. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it's interesting because again, like I am not, I do not be like, I, the reason why I disagree is because I feel um, if it doesn't become our responsibility to protect our hand, the game will become so incredibly vague. It's going to be very difficult. Like, what do I have to do? Like, if the person is looking at their cards, you know, as if it's like an open book, do I, is it really my responsibility to create a hernia in my neck so that I look in the other direction? Yeah. You know, you know well, what I mean? Like, make the I, argument that the guy's creating uh, uh, problems with his neck by craning over to see... <laughs> Exactly. His, his neighbor's <laughs> cards, right? Like that's the, that he's not just like holding them up and not really protecting them, but the guy is kind of right. going out of his way right. to see what the guy has. I, I, okay, that, that that's good. But, but that's why, you know, there are ways to protect your hand. Yeah. So if the person, like no matter what they, I like there's no way anybody can see my hand. Like there's there's no way. Like the way I, I'm, I'm like, I'm twisting in three, three different angles, you know, so, and, and I'm sure nobody can see your hand either, right? I mean, like professionals have a way to do it and not just professionals. So my, my point is, I do believe it is 100% our responsibility, 100% our responsibility to protect ourselves, uh, which is why, you know, like, make sure, take your time with all the decisions, make sure you're not being preyed upon. Like, I like the, I like the decision to be on me. Versus on other people, if that makes yeah. sense. What, no, it, what, it makes a lot of sense. And I, right? I think so I, I want to actually... be responsible versus the other people because if the other people are responsible, I cannot control that, but I can control my responsibility, if that makes sense. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, I, you, I can control my actions. Yourself. Yep. Exactly. Uh, I'm, yeah, you've persuaded me to your camp here in that. <laughs> um, yeah, again, like 
people like i mean historically in home games and stuff i remember a specific time when i was 22 years old and like somebody's like playing and not protecting their hand and like you didn't have to crane you could just see um and yeah i'm pretty sure when i was 22 years old i just like asked the guy or told the guy once and he didn't do better and so i just used that information the rest of the time that i played with him because what am i going to do um and just for the record, I mean, you know, like I don't want to, I don't want to sound like the, the person who, if if an opponent, especially if a new, if a new player comes on the table, I'm going to let them know, like, be careful. And I've done that multiple times. Like, here's how people are looking the sure. cards. Just be careful. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that like a new player, but in the end of the day, like, if it comes down to a decision, I really believe it's better for everybody to be responsible for their actions, to be in control, versus you know try to hope that the society is going to behave in the way that yeah. we expect to. Like yeah. that's, that's kind of like my argument here. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It, um, if, so in that case, you know, the, there's the case of uh, Chance Corneth who, mm-hmm. you know, made the gesture um, at the WSOP main event. He was, you know, there was 30 people left. We watched that clip before we fired up the podcast. Right. So the listener knows, you know, Chance, a guy bet like half a stack on the turn and Chance had an overpair um, and was gauging the situation and like basically grabbed the necessary chips and instead of pushing them forward, he kind of pulled them back in front of himself, um, which is within the rules and the poker community at large kind of had, uh, yeah, they they blew up. Um, Lots of people feeling very strongly in both directions um and for my side uh, of this i did not get the sick feeling of angling when i saw it i thought it was within the rules um and to me it's like part of the game is just (laughs) it's just part of poker right like i i don't know that i guess that's another thing is like what is poker and what is a part of poker right (laughs) i I, I think like to me to me, like I'm, I've always been a big uh, fan of seeing drama. I'm a fan of like somebody showing me their cards on the river and trying to get a tell if we're heads up and they've gone all in, right? And, or I've gone all in and they're trying to uh, decide whether or not to make a big fold. Like I, I'm fine with all of that, but I, I think that I'm biased because I benefit from all of that because I can navigate it much better than most other human beings. Um, so I guess I'll ask your opinion on these types of situations. I think the first is Chance didn't do anything that was outside of the rules is sort of the first thing. But then, as you said, maybe the rules, we can't have rules on rules on rules on rules. Then right. you know what I mean? Uh, no, absolutely. And, and again, I mean, my heuristic will apply here 100%. Uh, if I am the person who's, who's doing this uh, um, and – you know, I'm, I'm touching my chips and I haven't crossed the line. If the floor comes, I'm going to say I haven't crossed the line. As, as far as I can tell, you know, yep. if you don't cross the line, it's not considered forward motion. It's not considered a bet. Now, if I'm on the receiving end of this, I stay stone cold, you know, uh, still, you know, you don't move at that point. Again, it's our responsibility as like, we don't want to fall for this. And, and, right. and you may remember like the classic example of like what most people would consider an angle, whatever that word means, right? Uh, it was a situation, again, one final table where a guy who didn't speak English as his first language, I forget his name, uh, he basically said, uh, uh, I raised, sorry, I meant I call. 
And of course, everybody knows that raise is binding. So basically, he was forced to min raise at that point. Right. And they call, they actually called the floor and the floor said, listen, this guy has done this before with the nuts. They informed the player and the player to their detriment, they still, the, you know, the, the player who was, they called. I, at that point, you know, I'm not going to feel for the player who made that call. They had all the information. Again, remember, I am one of those people who I do not want to put responsibility outside of my boundaries, right? I do not want anybody to protect me. I want to protect myself, you know, like, and, and I think, again, this is, this is, again, I'm not saying this is what people should do. I'm just saying how I think about the issue. Like, there's a, there's right. a huge difference, right? That's, that's my heuristic. So according to that heuristic, I feel the aggressive side didn't do anything wrong and the defensive side didn't do anything wrong either. I mean, other than, I mean, they, they can call the floor all they want. They just have to defend their argument, how they thought that violated the rules. And I just can't see how it did personally. Yeah. Like they didn't cross the line. I mean, you know. I, I think that maybe the, <laughs> the best way to go about it, I think first of all, like when there is room to wiggle around because of the way the rules are constructed and because like you know to my knowledge there's no penalty for saying i raise no i call right like how right, could right, you right, right. Exactly. how could there there be a penalty exactly. um the only real way is to try to educate people as to right. things they might encounter when they're playing poker right? right um you may encounter someone who's trying to look at your hand and that's why protecting your hand is quite important. Exactly. Um, until don't, player... expect, don't expect society to change for you. Just learn how to protect yourself. Right. right, exactly. Educate yourself. And I agree with that because that's the only thing we have control. Again, I mean, we don't have control over how the society at large is going to act. Here's a question. So this is um, a situation that did ping my angle, uh, internal angle meter. Mm -hmm. Um so I was playing at Matrix in the Bay Area, and these two guys get in this, involved in a big pot. It's like a four and five bet situation. The recreational player, actually, and this is another part of the chance corner thing that I, I thought about but didn't get into, is that if the player that he did that to, like, kind of, you know, put his head down sadly and had like aces or the nuts, right? right. Like, there's opportunity there to basically you know play chance's game and give him false information as well but um so what happened was they get in this four and five bet pot uh it's like 1250 is the bet and like the guy cuts out a raise um the fifth bet and they're very very deep and mm -hmm. the dealer declares that you know it's uh, the fifth bet and then the pro just sits there for five minutes straight I mean, it was mm -hmm. a long tank, right? Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, everybody's like, kind of, what's going on here? Like, this is right. like very long. For this is a cash game, you said, right? Cash game, cash game, right, yeah, right, cash right, game. Right, right. So, you know, these guys can play like 100k pot, basically. Sure. Um, and eventually, the, the dude calls, and the player that cut out the fi the fifth bet, instantly called the floor on himself, mm -hmm. because he made an a raise that was not eligible. He was twenty uh, $25 short of mm. uh, a legitimate raise, and the dealer did not catch it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the floor came and basically let the guy take back his fifth bet. And then they just played the flop from there. 
Um, Let me ask you a question, just because this is relevant. They didn't have a, an above fifty percent rule where when when the raise is more. It was like, exact. It had to be a hundred or nothing. I see. Was the, the house didn't rule? Have it over. Okay, it's a house rule. Okay, yeah. I mean, to, to me, that's that, that, that's a rule that I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't use. But you know, again, personally, but that that makes sense. Like it's if if that's the rule, you know, that means you know he. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's 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 a huge angle, but he used it again. <laughs> it's 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 again respo- the responsibility of the person to actually make sure that the the amount is correct. I know, like it's too many details, but uh, at least that's my heuristic, right? Yeah. I mean, the, well, the way I the way I would see it is the the, the professional should have noticed. I know it's difficult did. to notice. Oh, he did oh. notice, and that's oh, that's notice. like the the twist ending of the story is that that's oh, why please. he waited five minutes. Oh, I see. Because he knew that it wasn't legal, okay. and he was hoping the dealer would intervene okay. because he didn't want to give away information because he knew exactly why the player did that. Okay. Um, and he just didn't want to say something. And then okay. I spoke with him afterwards, and right. basically he said, yeah, I was just waiting for the dealer to do something. And when I realized that they weren't, and you know, he had a very strong hand, he decided right. to just call but he said, like, if he were bluffing, then he would have just six bet, you know. I see. <laughs> um, couldn't, couldn't he just said that, you know, that that fifth bet was short? Like, you know, I think that's short. You need to put X amount of money more. Like, couldn't he have said something like that? He could have. Bro? I think he just didn't want to say anything to give any sort of information away about the situation. That okay. You know, so he, he took he, he took he took a risk, like, in, and he lost basically in in some like in, in a great, greater scheme of. Well, things, I don't right? think he lost. I mean, I think like he ended up winning the pot, and okay. he, he also like layered his own sort of um, <laughs> angle on top of the angle by. If he, was, if he was if he was bluffing, then he was just going to like six bet and like right. say, yeah, I have aces. Yeah. And if he had a good hand, he he just called. I think yeah, it's it's just is. like he didn't want to. I, I guess maybe he didn't want to give the information that he's paying so close attention to the sizing, um, to that specific villain or whatever reason it was. Um, to be and to be fair, the responsibility here would be on the dealer to notice, but the dealer did not notice. Right. Um, I mean. I don't know. Player calling the floor on himself for making a ineligible raise. It, ugh, it just it feels so gross to me. I, I agree, hundred percent. Like you know, yeah. like the the thing is that life is gross, right? Uh, I mean, you you look around what's happening right now in the world, and it's nothing about that seems fair or anything. So the question is, what can we do to 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 protect ourselves? And 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 the way I see it is that. You know, each individual was taking some risks. The person who made the five bet was taking the risk that the professional would say, or the dealer would say something. The professional was taking the risk that by not saying anything, maybe he's going to get angled. So everybody's taking some risks. Yeah. And the moment we sit at the poker table, we take the risk that the dealer may be incompetent to some extent. Like I, you know, it's very, very, very difficult to create a because life, life is Duncan. absolutely not efficient and not fair. You know. So yeah. You, you know what? I've always known that I liked you, but at the through this conversation, I'm realizing I like you quite a bit more than I, I did previously. Just because this is not a popular stance that you're taking, um, I think, but that doesn't make it untrue. And I do believe that we should be responsible for our own actions, and we should be responsible for knowing the rules. Um, and so, in that way. I, again, like I find myself just 
conceding today, but I, I guess I will concede that like, you know, the, uh, technically speaking, I guess there was no angle there. I mean, there was like, again, there was an angle, but it wasn't against the rules and right. you don't get kicked out for it. And like, so I guess the matter, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to, I don't know where I, where to go from here. I, I'm so no, no, I think, no, confused no, this, in the nuance of this philosophical discussion. No, I, th- I think it's, it's highly nuanced. And I think uh, one thing that I want to say is that uh, this, if anything, like um, it, it comes from a place, I feel that being able to say, comes back to the argument we had about Plato. Being able to say that things need to be this way versus that way, like saying that this is angling and nobody else should question that, I feel is quite arrogant. I yeah, feel like having a universal definition. Uh, so I am taking actually what I would consider the non-arrogant approach, right? There is no right or wrong. We all t- try to do our best from our subjective positions, our very limited subjective positions. I basically I'm using that heuristic because I have no clue whatsoever what is the correct or the wrong thing to do. So the only thing we can do is basically protect ourselves. Like the I, idea I think of, the, oh, ahead, the good the, the the good rule that I'm realizing here is just to always assume at the poker table, someone's trying to deceive you, (laughs) right? Like that's just always assume someone's trying to deceive you and, you know, protect yourself by knowing the rules. Um, and yeah, that, that's really, that's really it. I I think, um, you know, there, there are situations like, for instance, I guess, what's the difference in like, say that, and like a thing that I've done before where, um, I make a bet on the river, the guys hemming and hawing, and I get the sense that they're going to call. And every time I get the sense, by the way, I have the same button that is activated in me that says, you got to do something, motherfucker. Don't just <laughs> start talking or something like you got a good hand. This is a tough right. decision to make. Right. Um, and one thing that I've done is, you know, like I grab my cards and I've held them, them. H- held them over the muck. Like, just like, come on, man, we know you're folding. Like, let, let's go, right? Which to an experienced player, this is a big time sign that you have a really strong hand and you're trying to get called, right? And it's actually physically difficult to do this with a right. bluff because it, it just hurts. Um, but when I did do it against strong opponents, again, we're kind of outside the lines of like the angle shooting poker news right. definition. Um, because these are very experienced opponents that I, I'm doing it against. They just kind of folded pretty much instantly right. after I did that, right? right. Um, and so one could make the argument that this is me shooting an angle, trying to get a fold by using some kind of behavior. Right. And I would say there, again, essentially you're using reverse psychology. What I would say is that you're taking a huge risk. You're giving some information. What, what information you're giving is up to the player to interpret, but you're giving some information and the person could potentially interpret it the right way. So as long as you're taking that risk and you stay within the rules, you have already, you know, you are responsible for your actions. You know, there's going to be consequences, whether or not it works. You're right. It's part of what makes the game interesting, right? And, uh, and yeah, there's, and I, there's specific hands with Dan Negranu versus... Um... Esfandiari back in the day, I think it was high stakes poker right. where they played a pot and Negranu was talking and he said something and it was like instant. Esfandiari grabbed it and knew that Daniel was bluffing and right. he just like pretty much instantly called. And like, that's, that's the, 
downside. Um, that's exactly. the risk that you take. Exactly. Exactly. And and you know, like I would uh, personally, I would still I would still draw a line. Like for instance, if people are marking cards at the poker table. Right. So they're using or they're using like RFID technology, like the, um, you know, the uh, uh, technically we have to say allegedly happened with with Mike Postle, you know. So uh, then, yeah, I mean, th then th th there's something different there because that's a really uh, violating rules, violating specific rules that say, listen, you, you're not allowed to mark the cards. <laughs> right? right. So I, I don't I don't condone cheating in any way, shape or form. But I'll tell you one more thing about cheating. Who is the number one responsible person if you get cheated? You are. You are, exactly. Not the cheater, right? So because you put yourself in that situation, you may say, well, I didn't know about it. Well, nobody else can protect you. That's the problem. We are the number one person responsible when we get cheated, right? And the number one person responsible. And of course, I mean, we can protect ourselves by actually either reporting that person, never play that game again, having all of these heuristics. But we are the number one person responsible when we get cheated. Yeah. Which which sort of brings me to the next question. You know, how can we protect ourselves? What will be some ways, you know, we can get stronger when we're sitting at the poker table? I mean, we're all putting like tremendous amount of hours, you know, the, and the more we play, the more opportunities our opponents have to, to do something either by accident or on purpose. How do we protect ourselves? Why don't we throw out some ideas of things that we can do at the poker table? Uh, how do we protect ourselves? I mean, I think the first thing that I just mentioned was always assume in a game of deception that everybody's lying to you. Um, right. Wait for the dealer to verbalize the decision that mm -hmm. the your opponent has taken. And if you're confused, have the dealer clear it up or um, read the situation, I think. So rely on the dealer specifically. Uh, protect your whole cards um, and know the rules. Exactly. That's very important too. Like know, know the rules. Know what the it's casino say. There's no shame in asking... You know, what is the rule here in, the, in this room? You know, like, do you have the 50% rule that says, right. you know, if you put more than 50% of what is constitutes a raise, this is automatically a raise, even if you don't put the exact amount. Like, do you have rules like that? I would say from the casino side, you know, having like a frequently, fre frequently um, not violated, but frequently asked question for right. like the rules of this specific place that you're playing poker at, you know, like, does it differ from anywhere else? And if so, how does it differ so that you can have awareness? You know, there's nothing, you know, if, uh, somebody manipulates the rules in 10 different ways or, or like different people manipulate the same rule many, many times, the casino should make it apparent and obvious what the rule is so that you can like guard against said behavior. Right. I think that like, uh, ultimately that's the casino's responsibility. I think, I mean, mm -hmm. because you, you go play in many different card rooms and like, you don't get a set of rules. You just buy in and play right. and whatever the rules are, you try to abide by them. But oftentimes you're just ignorant and unaware because they don't hand you a rule booklet when you sit down. So having rules more prominent in card rooms themselves, I think would also be helpful in protecting their players. Right. That's a good point. And, and essentially players are shopping around, you know, which casino do we choose? Do we choose casino A versus casino B? Maybe, you know, there's less situation, gray areas in casino B because they're enforcing the rules more clearly and, you know, they're less borderline stuff. Yeah. I, I would say there is a responsibility there too. Like when something like that happens, that happened at the matrix is like 
why don't players know that this rule is different here than it is in a lot of other places? That should be very obvious to the players so that they don't get taken advantage of, you know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, what do you think, like, you know, uh, at the poker table can, uh, like, specifically, what are some other things that... uh, that, that players can do like for to give you let me be make it more specific should people uh, at the poker table uh try to be sticklers to the rules like for instance do you think it's a good idea uh to wait for your turn uh to show your cards on their own and showdown let's say that uh you you make a bet uh, or let's say your opponent make a bet for whatever reason you make a call technically they have to show their hand and they say again to connect with the conversation from last week they say you're good do you think you should turn it over or do you think you should wait for them to show their cards uh, just because, I mean, you know, the rules say that they have to show their cards first. What, 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 what are you? So I'm going, that? yeah, I'm going to show my cards when they say okay. I'm good because okay. I think this is a game, like it, it's a very communal and social game. Mm-hmm. And to someone who I don't know, that is just a, a stranger that I'm playing poker against. I tend to not want to harm that relationship mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. want the game to be, you know, fun and active and lively and all of these things. And I, I think that like when somebody says you're good, I tend to just trust them and show my hand. And I think that like there are a lot in a lot of cases, folks are kind of ashamed. They don't want to mm-hmm. show their hand. And I don't necessarily mm-hmm. feel the need to make someone feel shame for bluffing if they don't want to. So like I win the pot, you can fold discreetly and that's fine with me. I don't care. Absolutely. And, and you see, I love that answer because that answer assumes responsibility, right? Essentially, I'm, I'm translating a little bit, but we're saying, you know what? I, I know that I'm potentially like giving something away or I don't get that information and I'm taking some, some sort of like a, a risk of sorts, not necessarily to get angled but, or, or, or slow roll like in Dylan's case, but you're basically saying, I understand the cost but I'm willing to pay it because the benefit, the bigger picture, the broader picture, I want to keep the game engaging. And, and I understand that. And I love that. And I think that's, that's the approach where we can make decisions. There's no right or wrong decision. The question is, do you understand the consequences if the situation goes one way or versus the other? And you seem to totally understand it. Like I would say that there's certain situations where waiting for your opponent to show may be more applicable. But in general, and I agree with you 100%, I'm exactly the same way. When you read the situation, people are having a lot of fun. You don't want them to leave the table, right? But at the same time, by doing this, you know, uh, you, you're not getting all the information from the opponent. This is something that we need to understand. So I think that perspective is, is very relevant there too, understanding what we're giving up in order to get something else. Like it's important to be, you know, uh, have perspective on, on, on things. Um, but I really love that answer, really do. Um, so I think that's it for this episode of philosophical Friday. I think we, we go, went through the list. How can we protect ourselves? You have thoroughly convinced me that, uh, I don't even, what is an angle? Duncan? Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly we, we, convinced we, you that I don't know anything. Th- so. There's no <laughs> angles. There, nobody's ever shooting any angles in poker. Um, but no, I think that the clear, the clear line is marking cards. This is obvious using an RFID reader, um, gaining access to like God mode in some way. I think all of these things, uh, having a mechanic dealing the game where it's rigged, where you're basically rigging the rules of the game collusion, um, I think is, is obviously against the rules 
uh, all of these things are like violations and obviously, you know, I, would one even call them like angles or would they just call them breaking of rules, cheating? No, cheating right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, I mean, we're getting into that realm. What is, what is really cheating? Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's, angling it's angling is on steroids. Cheating light. <laughs> Is that, exactly, that's, that's exactly, how... exactly, exactly. Angling is cheating light and cheating is angling on steroids. You know, it's just, <laughs> but we're just playing with words. But I, I say the message is do not hope the world to change. Just find a way to fit yourself into the world of poker yeah. and in general. I love that. And I do agree with that completely. Um, and it's very relevant, I think, in, in this day and age. And yeah, with that said, Philosophical Friday is coming to a close and we'll talk to you next week. Excellent. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community. Book a coaching session or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.